1: For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for fifty percent off. Visit RosettaStone.com/rs10. That's fifty percent off, unlimited access to twenty-five language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your fifty percent off at RosettaStone.com/rs10 today.
2: Welcome to Unhappy Hour, the show where we bitch about all the things we love to hate every single week. I'm your host, Matt Bellisai. I'm here in my closet, recording far away from my producer, Barry Finkel. Hi, Barry.
3: Hey, Matt. How's the
2: quarantine treating you today? Well, while I was setting up to record in my closet, I literally did that thing where I had a handful of almonds in one hand, and then I had the memory card that I was going to put in my recorder in the other hand.
3: Oh, no. Oh, no. I see where this is going. It literally,
2: put the full memory card in my mouth, and I, I think I ruined it. <laughs> oh no! Thankfully, I have another memory oh, card, but no. that is how my my quarantine is going. I nearly ate a memory card, 64 gigabytes, <laughs> very filling,
3: and zero calories. <laughs>
2: No, I'm so sad. I think I actually ruined this memory card.
3: No, that's that's a bummer.
2: All because I fucking ate it. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I really only had um, brownies and oatmeal today.
3: Oh, it's okay because, like, you were that hungry? How, how are you justifying this?
2: I'm just saying, I'm explaining why I nearly swallowed a memory card, and it's because I only ate... <laughs> It's not because I'm going crazy. It's because I only ate brownies and oatmeal. Okay. Also, the brownies that I made were so fucking good. I don't want to hear about
3: (laughs) any goddamn baked goods that you've made that I can't eat.
2: I am literally going to have to throw them away because I will eat the entire pan. Oh my god. Okay, anyway, enough about how hungry I am, so (laughs) much so that I ate a memory card. Let's get in to today's fucking episode. We're going to kick things off, as always, with Worst Things First, where I shout about some of the worst fun news of the week. After that, we're diving deep into sleeping, because I'm trying to sleep a whole lot during isolation, and it's not fucking easy, even though it should be, because I have nothing but time on my hands. And finally, we've got Whitmer Thomas on the pod. Whitmer is a comedian, musician, podcast host. He's got his very own special on HBO called The Golden One. It's out right now. And just like our other interviews recently, uh, this was recorded well before we were all uh, under quarantine and isolation. So, you know, this was before the end times, but we still had a lot of fun. So let's get into it. Let's do it. Let's lie down in our beds and start the show. All right, horse things first. Let's talk about the worst news of the week. First, drug enforcement authorities in South Texas raided a home in Mercedes, Texas. I... (laughs) Outside of like Austin, Houston, San Antonio, like the big Texas cities, I feel like every other name of a Texas town is like a joke. (laughs) (laughs) They have all the worst names that do not befit Texas.
3: Is the town next to Mercedes Benz?
2: (laughs) I hope. I hope so. If not, what are they doing? Anyway, um, DEA authorities raided this home during a narcotics investigation, but what they found instead was the fucking Noah's Ark of discoveries, because they ended up seizing a whole menagerie of exotic animals, including a white Bengal tiger, a bobcat, porcupines, llamas, emus, deer, and a kinkajou. Which I refuse to believe is a real animal. What the hell is that? I feel like it's like if a Pokemon were real. It's a mix between like a monkey, a beaver, (laughs) and like, I don't know, a ghost child. Oh my God. That's a crazy looking little animal. It's like a haunted jungle raccoon. (laughs) That is exactly what it is. Either way, it should not be at some home in Texas.
3: No, not even if Joe Exotic is behind it, which he's not. But who right. knows?
2: Yeah, this is very Joe Exotic, very Tiger King. I do worry about what that show will inspire. I saw a number of people say that uh, the $1,200 stimulus check they're getting is not enough to buy a Tiger Cub, which is probably for the best.
3: It like kind of surprised me how affordable Tiger Cubs are. I just assumed they'd be more expensive. Like purebred dogs can cost over $1,000. I feel like a tiger cub should be more than that. And really, it did teach me that I could, if I really wanted to, get a tiger cub.
2: Yeah. If anything, that should have taught you why you should not get a tiger cub.
3: No, it absolutely didn't. I think it's fucking awful that people own Tiger Cubs. So
2: um, don't worry. Yeah, I don't know if you finished Tiger King, Oh, but, I, did. Uh, I um I know last week I mentioned Tiger King as my as my chaser show, and I hadn't finished it yet, and I have finished it now, and that show is horrible. Yes, yeah, <laughs> every really... person in that show belongs in absolute prison forever. <laughs> Yeah, if you are in any way inspired by that show, uh, the only thing I I am inspired by is Carol killing her husband. I feel like that is the only thing we can rally behind. Shiro,
3: (laughs) Shiro.
2: I also hate this story in particular that the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department said that they had to euthanize a few of the animals because they were being held illegally, and it wouldn't have been safe to reintroduce them into the native population. So it's like, all right, why do you just have to murder them? Seems wrong. It seems wrong. But I guess that's why, like, keeping these animals is <laughs> terrible <laughs> yes. to begin with. It's like they don't belong where they are, and now you've ruined them for nature. Anyway, most of the animals were taken to the Austin Zoo for medical evaluation and and rehab if needed
3: a bunch of drug
2: addicts (laughs) next a tractor trailer hauling the very special commodity that is toilet paper crashed and caught fire near dallas early last week oh my god (sighs) and it spilled all over the interstate truly tragic so, okay, I've been avoiding hoarding whenever I go to the grocery store like a proper citizen, which is why I'll probably be one of the first to die in the apocalypse. But we'll die <laughs>
3: politely. <laughs> and that's what matters.
2: I am still in that mode of, like, I feel weird wearing a face mask because of, like, society. Like, I don't want to make other people uncomfortable, even if it is detrimental to my health. Yeah. Um. So yeah, this is why I'm weak and should not be trusted in a <laughs> crisis. But yeah, there was some post uh, I saw this week that was like, yeah, we're not overreacting by by hoarding toilet paper. The thing that you're not taking into account is that most people are not at home all day long and you're not using your own supply of toilet paper throughout the day you you oh. go to the bathroom at work you go at stores you go like wherever so it's like yeah actually people are using more toilet paper at home
3: I had not thought about that once <laughs>
2: <laughs> And it was really
3: like stores. wow I'm really going through a lot of toilet paper is it this different brand we bought No it's because I'm home more Thank you so much Matt
2: yeah, just constantly shitting.
3: I'm just, I can't stop.
2: Every time I catch myself when I, like, am in the bathroom and I'll, like, take off a couple squares of toilet paper to blow my nose or something. And then I'm like, no! <laughs> <laughs> Precious resources are being used. You can't spare a square. I will say, this has been, uh, this will be too much information. Mm-hmm. Um but my fiber intake, I guess, has been very good because, yeah, the number of squares I need per visit to the restroom. Oh, boy. It's pretty low. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you so much.
3: Good thing you're not near this burning truck full of
2: flaming toilet paper. I know. Truly tragic. This this loss. Um, my mom told me that she bought the like industrial size rolls. Oh I don't even know how they're going to like get that onto a roll in the bathroom i don't think they are going to next a local news outlet in northern oklahoma was forced to apologize this week after claiming on april fool's day that students would have to repeat the entire year because of the pandemic which apparently caused uh, a huge freak out amongst parents and students The story talks about one girl who, like, broke down in tears. No. (laughs) Which I think, so, if you read the actual April Fool's, like, joke article, they made it clear that it was a joke, but we live in uh, the current times where, like, everybody reads a headline and freaks the fuck out. Yeah, yeah. But still, you know, I think we all kind of mutually agree that April Fool's Day was canceled this year. So fuck this newspaper. Even though, like, I don't know, at this rate, we are just going to have to repeat 2020. (laughs) (laughs) They're kind (laughs) of right. This year doesn't count. Okay, we're skipping. This is a whole leap year. It's not counting. And finally, the company behind Peeps announced that they have halted production because of the pandemic right before Easter. But don't worry, they did say that they've already produced enough peeps for this year's Easter season. But let's face it, peeps are literal garbage. So I wish that they had shut down for good. But I guess we can't have everything we want. Are you pro-peep or anti-peep?
3: First of all, I'm Jewish, so obviously Um, (laughs) anti-peeps. Okay. (laughs) I forgot they hand out
2: peeps uh, along with, yeah, Jesus on (laughs) Easter. (laughs)
3: It's sacrilege. Um, no, I, I have had them once or twice maybe and they were absolutely vile.
2: Yeah, I just don't... Uh,
3: They're very like, cute, but I'd rather just like look at a stuffed animal version of them.
2: Unless you eat them like fresh off the assembly line, they immediately get hard. Uh, it's like eating a crunchy marshmallow. Yeah, I don't want that. It's fucking a hard, crusty rock of dried volcanic, toothpaste on the bottom of the bathroom sink
3: and it's like grain. tasteless
2: ass junk ass grainy ass bitch (laughs) anyway i'm anti-peep the only good thing about peeps is that if you put them in the microwave they like expand uh i don't know like a radioactive chernobyl blob
3: that's actually how chernobyl exploded it started with a man just microwaving a peep
2: that makes sense yeah
3: I mean, have you seen Chernobyl? Craig wrote that right in there.
2: I tried watching it, and I realized it's probably not the best time to watch. um, Absolutely uh, not.
3: (laughs) Not a good time to start that that show.
2: And yeah, inept government. Yeah. Anyway.
3: Also, Russia has been like, we're fine. And it's like, I'm going to guess you're probably not <laughs>
2: Yeah. Uh, anyway, the only good thing that peeps might be for Is using as like a pillow in our pandemic bunkers Or maybe so,
3: like exfoliating your skin Yeah, a, a nice,
2: a nice loof <laughs> I'm all for it use, use what you have Anyway, that's it for this week's worst things first And next, we're diving deep under the covers And into sleep Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. All right, so most of us are holed up inside while the apocalypse unfolds around us. And the one joyful, constant thing amongst the chaos, sweet, sweet sleep. Or at least it should be if you're actually able to sleep. Because that's one of the big fucking ironies of this whole mess. We're stuck indoors with literally nothing but time to basically hibernate. But the stress and anxiety of a global pandemic makes it nearly impossible to get a good night's rest. How are you sleeping, Barry? Oh, not well, Matt. (laughs) Not well at all. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Do you feel like your sleep is worse in the past few weeks compared to like usual or are you just usually a bad sleeper
3: no i'm usually a pretty good sleeper i always have issues with my dreams because they're extremely active and can be like emotionally impactful to the point where when i wake (laughs) up it doesn't feel like i slept but Uh that has gotten so much worse and matt i peed the bed a little bit (laughs) oh my god I had a dream where I was peeing and then I was like, holy shit, I beat a uh, little bit. And I was like, well, uh, I'm going to blame that one right on Corona.
2: Sure. I guess that is allowed. I, I think any manner of bedtime wedding <laughs> is acceptable during, during a, a global crisis.
3: If you're also wetting the bed just a little teensy tiny, itty-bitty, teeny little lubing bit, tweet at us. DM me on Instagram, <laughs> Finkleberry Pie.
2: <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Hashtag
3: wetter together. What about your sleep? How, how has it been?
2: Uh, also pretty fucked. I think my problem probably is because I um nap a bunch during the day, and mm. uh, then by the time actual bedtime comes around, I'm like, well, I slept ten hours today, <laughs> so I don't know if I can actually go to sleep right now. Uh, so yeah. For today's deep dive, we're going to get into it. This is why not being able to sleep is the worst. A problem that does exist outside of a pandemic, but, uh, you know, it's a little extra relevant these days. All right. First of all, insomnia doesn't even make psychological sense. It's like, what is the brain even doing up there by keeping us awake when we want to go to sleep? It's like, bitch, we're on the same motherfucking team. When I say it's bedtime, it's bedtime. I am the boss of this meat case of a body. It's absolutely fucked that you have to basically trick your brain into sleeping. Like, oh, oh, I have to I have to count sheep in order for Mr. Brain to realize he's tired. I'm not about to pretend I'm some fucking wool farmer just to get some rest. Sorry, sorry, sorry to all the wool farmers who are listening, but I'm an artist, not a ranch hand.
3: Also, counting is math and math gives me anxiety. And so that just doesn't work. But also like in meditation, like one of the ways to do it when you're going to sleep is to clench your entire body, to make your brain think that your body is doing something like really hard and then letting it all go to fully relax. And I'm just like, I know that I'm still here. (laughs) I'm in the same place that I just was. And I still can't sleep.
2: I yeah the only way I can like picture it is is if I imagine all of the like little inside out characters who are operating my brain <laughs> and I have to like set them against one another.
3: Oh, you should like Oh wait, that's such a cute little image to just imagine like putting all of them to sleep. <laughs> Just tucking each of them into their own little tiny beds.
2: There is one um, meditation app that I've listened to that does like a sleep exercise where you basically like start at your toes and work your way up and imagine like each part of your body like shutting down.
3: Oh, yeah. That's the only thing that works most of the time.
2: Right, but I do like to think of it as, like, an office building where all of the little workers are turning off the lights. <laughs> also, I hate when they're like, oh, if you can't sleep, it's probably because you aren't uh, moving as much during the day. No shit! You know how many steps I took yesterday? Eleven. No. My body yearns for physical movement, but I have the exercise regimen of a coma patient right now with none of the benefits of unconsciousness. But yeah, also they're like, oh, don't eat too close to bedtime or watch stuff on a screen. And it's like, oh, you mean my only two hobbies in life? (laughs) Eat time and screen time? There's no other time. That's really all I do. I actually can't go to bed without eating a snack, which is probably not great, but it has been so baked into me since childhood. Growing up, we used to have what my mom called a bednight snack. <laughs> I don't know how it started. It is some gross combination of uh, bedtime and midnight, I guess. I don't know. It's a nonsense word that usually meant eating a bowl of sugary cocoa puffs directly before going to sleep. So (laughs) now my body has become truly accustomed to just a sugar bomb around bedtime. And I haven't had an actually good night's sleep since I started eating solid foods.
3: Also, as far as the screen time is concerned, then I'm like, oh well, I'll just read before bed. But now I don't have any books that I haven't read in my apartment, so I have to read off my Kindle, which is a screen. And even if it's like the nice blue, no blue light one, it's still technically a screen. It's like, what the hell am I supposed to do?
2: The fact that you have, you don't have any unread books in your apartment is. I mean, I'm exaggerating. Me. I don't
3: have any unread books that I want to read.
2: <laughs> Fair. I. That is one of the problems uh, with. My quarantine is that I have no choice but to stare at literally hundreds of books that I've purchased <laughs> that I have not read.
3: You have a library in your apartment,
2: essentially. I basically do. I basically live in a library, and uh, now I have to read all of them. Just Ugh. reach
3: into your inner bell, let her free.
2: But that is my problem, too, is like reading requires brain, yeah,
1: and brain that's
2: true. no like work before bed. <laughs> Looking at a screen requires no brain. Sorry, sorry, my dumbass nerve centers can't comprehend that the light from an iPhone is not the same as the goddamn morning sun. <laughs> that is what... It's like, oh, uh, you're not supposed to look at a screen before bed because your brain thinks that it's morning because of the blue light that gets zapped into your eyeballs. And it's like, that's not my fucking fault. Evolution has had 13 years since the iPhone came out to solve this. Also, how are people just sleeping through the night without having to wake up and pee constantly?
3: Absolutely. At least once a night, if not twice. I feel like it was like the second I turned 25, suddenly my bladder was like, hey, time to never sleep a full night of sleep and you got to get up and go pee at 1 a.m. and maybe also at 4.
2: Yeah. I have one sip of water at lunch and come 3 a.m. It's like Niagara Falls. It's like the city. It's like watching city children unscrewing a fire hydrant cap. And it's just like, that is my bladder. Just a (laughs) burst. And everyone's dancing in it on the streets. Also, it's fucked that drinking like chamomile tea is like a solution. Okay, I guess I have to choose between like being actually tired and uh, ready for sleep and then pissing the sheets.
3: As someone who recently pissed the sheets, like it's not a solution.
2: No, <laughs> it's not worth it. Or worse, they, the warm milk thing. No, what am I? Am I an infant zoo animal? <laughs> I'm convinced that big dairy is behind the myth of drinking warm milk before bed. It
3: just—it's because it replicates that sweet, sweet titty milk. <laughs>
2: sure. I guess I do forget. Yeah, milk is like what babies drink. Yeah. Okay, next. I I feel like we've talked about this on the pod before, but I am anti sleeping naked in general.
3: Oh, I'm pro sleeping naked. I don't know the last time I slept in pajamas. That's not true. When I go on like trips or I'm in other people's homes, I'll wear pajamas to bed, but in my own home, mm, 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 it's a birthday suit
2: sleep kind of night. Right. I do mean fully naked because like underwear is one thing. No, I, I mean just, fully like, naked. <laughs> I don't like having my, like, orifices exposed during the evening.
3: Well, we have different orifices.
2: Right. You have even more. <laughs> what? <laughs> this has been Science with Matt. I just don't... Yeah, I don't know. There's something... Especially considering that I've already said I sweat an, a lot in the nighttime. And it's not, like, it's not like I'm waking up like a full salamander every night. Ew. But there... I don't know. I just like having an extra layer of fabric around me that is. But does is... the
3: extra layer of fabric cause sweating? No. Is it heating <laughs> you up?
2: I think it's all like my body's just going to sweat. That's okay. just what it does.
3: Okay. Um, so you ne- you need like a towel. <laughs> <laughs> you need to sleep in a towel, is what you're, <laughs> you're needing. I just
2: need a, a good Terry cloth pajama set. <laughs> Also, I hate that, like, sometimes when you do actually get a good night's sleep, you wake up and it's like your neck hurts like, fuck, because, oh, 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 you actually lost consciousness for a good amount of time. And then your neck was like, uh, guess what? We're going to wake up with a kink. Congrats. Congrats on not moving for the past uh, six hours. Here's your punishment.
3: Similarly, like, my arms will fall asleep a lot. And that right, well, wakes me up. You might be having
2: a heart attack.
3: <laughs> oh my god, no. I just have terrible circulation. And I'm just yeah. like, how how are there so many ways to sleep wrong? It it yeah. just it's a simple concept, and yet my body will fuck it up every single time. Also, sometimes I wake up with like my knees bent and my feet on my bed if I'm on my back. You know what I mean? What? Yeah, that happens like pretty frequently. <laughs> like why? How did I get here?
2: So your knees are like in the air?
3: Yeah, and my and my feet are on the on the bed.
2: That is absurd.
3: It's <laughs> so I have always wanted to just like see what it looks like, like have a camera set up to see what it looks like when I'm sleeping throughout the night, but I've that's a lot of effort and I don't want to do that.
2: And finally, what the fuck? is a rapid eye movement, okay? Nobody knows what a REM cycle is. Do you think I know all these things? Do you think I, I know how long I'm supposed to actually be asleep for? Or when the best time to wake up in the fucking cycle is? No. I know absolutely nothing. And even though I have all of the time in the world right now to actually figure it out and perhaps do a useful experiment on perfecting my sleep, getting onto a regular schedule, I'm not about to start, Okay. Absolutely not. We're going to continue having fucked up sleep until the world is relatively back to normal. And that's that on that. And that's it for this week's Deep Dive. Next, we got Whitmer Thomas in the stude right after this commercial break.
1: Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky
2: Before we get into Whitmer's interview, I wanted to give you a a little more context on his HBO special. So Barry and I first saw his special live in LA over a year ago, and Whitmer tells these deeply personal stories about growing up in Alabama and his family's drug addiction issues, his mother passing away. And throughout the show, he interweaves songs and a lot of jokes. It's the kind of show that makes you laugh uncontrollably. And then by the next story, you're fully sobbing. It's fantastic, and dare I say, so is this interview. So now, on with the interview. My guest complainer today is comedian Whitmer Thomas, whose new stand-up special is on HBO called The Golden One. Welcome, Whitmer. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Uh, So we start off by asking everybody, what is one thing you hate that everybody else loves? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And we can be as specific as you like. All right, here we go. (laughs)
4: <laughs> I hate new clothes. Oh, okay, that is
2: a good one. I hate them.
4: I don't like looking at them when they're on somebody. I hate them when they're on me. I hate, hate, hate when people are wearing new clothes in movies, uh huh, or TV shows, and you can tell. Ooh, I just hate it. <laughs>
2: That is such a I, that, that is truly so specific Yeah But I know exactly What you're talking about There yeah. are some shows Where it's like You can tell Nobody has worn mm-hmm. Any of these items Ever before The colors really pop But the people look like idiots
4: To me <laughs> I say, I say, roll around in the dirt, give them a wash
2: at least. Yeah. No. Yeah. Let's get into the specifics of, uh, of, of the gripe. Yeah. What is it like that? It looks too fresh. It's too fresh. The scene is you can see like the fold,
4: you know what I mean? I just hate it. And then no, that the guy, the college kid on the NBC show that's wearing that shirt, that would be an old shirt. Yeah. Yeah. And Nobody the, in college has worn anything that is new. No. Ever. Never. I didn't actually go to college, so I don't actually know. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> okay, fair, fair. I um, and then sometimes I'll get cast and stuff. These people will slap a beanie on me <laughs> on the back of my head and put some, give me some bangs, and with yeah. a crisp, brand new purple hoodie or something like that. Hate it. I look like a fool. <laughs> but that does that not get you into the the mindset of a, of a college student? <laughs> nope, never. I can't get over the how stupid I look. And feel. Yeah, have you ever said like absolutely not? Or just take this off of me. I have one time I was cast as a skateboarder and uh in a like a network sitcom and the, the clothes that they had picked out for me, I, I was like, "Nope, I'm not wearing any of these." <coughs> and they uh, were like, "But you're a skateboarder." And I go, "I'm actually I really am a skater and I um I just I could help you guys out if you'd like." <laughs> Because this isn't, because they were dressing a whole group of skaters. Yeah. And I was like, no skaters would ever wear any of these things. And um, what ended up happening is they said, well, we shoot tomorrow, so you don't have a choice. And uh, (laughs) I said, all right, fair enough. And I put them all on and they gave me some bangs, which is what they always do. Like they gave me like a flat, straightened.
2: Sure, like a Bieber bang.
4: yeah, yeah. 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 And uh, put a lot of hairspray in my hair and they say, do do what we say. And I, I say, I will. I'll do exactly what you want me to. <laughs> That's how you do it. Yeah. That's Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. But I just hate new clothes. I don't like it. I was thinking about it today. Like, uh, I can't remember the last time I bought a new thing and I was like, yeah, this is cool I, without like wearing it a bunch.
2: Right. Right. I see. So you buy, you'll buy new stuff, but it, you don't like it until it's been broken. in. Yeah. I mean, usually I like to go to the thrift store. Right. Than-
4: that's where I find my favorite stuff, but yeah, and maybe this was a bad one. I should have gone with. I don't like it when people aren't always in a hurry. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's all. We could talk about all of them. Yeah, that, that
4: was another one I was there's thinking. There's
2: no, about. there's no one complaint.
4: Yeah, when
2: people, when people aren't in a hurry, I hate it when people take their time.
4: <laughs> I want, let's go. Yeah, all yeah. the time,
2: like on the street. In an yeah. airport or just like or, or everywhere. B, I want you jogging. If everywhere. there is room to jog and you are physically able. See, I agree with you up until the running. Yeah. If you're, I, at no point do I ever see someone jogging or faster where I'm like, this is necessary. Right, right, right. You're right. Yeah. I want a, a, a brisk walk, a brisk frazzled walk. Mm-hmm. That's what I like about New York. Yeah. People are in a hurry. That's what everybody. That is, that is why I get so frustrated on the street. I'm seconds away from becoming the person who screams like yeah. the "I'm walking here" line. Yeah, I'll do it. I well, I love that. I
4: appreciate it. I I think next time we go, I'm in New York. I'd love to just go on a walk with you. <laughs> I like to walk as we if it's pouring to feed down one rain. Another's anger. <laughs> yeah, I want to go on a walk as if it's pouring down rain, and we have to get to where we're going as quickly as possible.
2: Yeah, that is the energy everybody should bring to their walks <laughs> and to their life. <laughs> it's a really healthy way to live. <laughs> I I realize it, it shouldn't have taken me as long as it did to realize this about New York, which is that uh, like a vast number of people on the street are tourists who come from all over the world. And there isn't a consensus on what side of the sidewalk we we walk on, Mm-mm. and so yeah, I often get frustrated in that when the, like I'm walking on the right, obeying what I believe is the law, and someone is walking directly at me, but then I'm like, oh, you're like a family of of Europeans who walked on the other side of the wall. Yeah. So,
4: in high school, I remember reading like in the rule book in high school. I don't know why I was reading it. It said to walk stick to the right side. Yeah, the hallway. Did did you that that was a role in your school too?
2: I, ju- I don't know if it was, like, a, a written rule. Yeah, it wasn't mine. <laughs> I mean, I grew up
4: in Alabama, so there's weird right, rules. Right, right.
2: Uh, yeah, we. I don't think we had, like, a, a, a written code, but I think it was generally understood. I think that is where my anger stems from, is mm-hmm. that I was, like, the nerd in school whose backpack stuck out, like, a full four feet behind me, and, like, I wanted to get to class on time, and nobody else gave a shit about that. Yeah. So my, yeah, and now I bring that pent-up nerd energy to New York. Yeah. I like that vibe. Nerd rage. You know what I did sure. in school that I figured out- You know out? who didn't like that vibe? Who? Everybody else. <laughs> well, where were you from? I'm from outside of Chicago. Oh,
4: okay. Yeah. Well, maybe we would've been best friends. Were you really into the band Thursday? <laughs> <laughs> Sadly, I was not. Oh, dang. I would hide my books. Okay. Around from, school. Just from yourself? So I didn't have to carry them. Right.
2: Oh, I see. so I'd be
4: like, oh, okay, so on the way to, you know, English, there's a book in a bush that I hid. Right. So that I can just grab the bush book and take it. That way I don't got to go to my locker and won't be late.
2: Yeah, that is smart. People don't, you know. Kids, hide your books. (laughs) We need it. We need multiple stops along the routes between between classrooms. Yeah, yeah. Nooks and crannies. A nice nook, book nook. (laughs) Uh, uh, okay, so you you grew up in Alabama. Yeah. You talk about this a lot in your special. Oh.
4: Uh, yeah. I say I'm from Alabama 700 times every time I do a set. <laughs> the other night I was at the Bell House and I was like, why do I keep having to say I'm from... Right. Anyway,
2: I'm not going to say it anymore from here on out. That's it. We, we heard the last, the last utterance of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, do you meet a lot of other people in comedy who are from Alabama? No. Exactly, so you have to say it. Yeah, I do. It's like a power move.
4: Yeah, totally. There's like two people that I'm friends with who are from Alabama who do comedy. Other than that, it's just me. Yeah. And that I know of. Right,
2: right. No disrespect to the the scores of uh, (laughs) other comedians who have come from Alabama who we just don't know about. Yeah, Courtney Cox. Is that right? Just comedic <laughs> actress. Yeah. Uh okay, yeah. Fair, fair. Yeah. Uh it does it is one of the few places I have not been. I've actually been everywhere else. Uh, oh, no. oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, I was I, I think there was uh, some comedy club that I got invited to and I was like, I don't I don't quite know how well I would do there. Stardome or something like that maybe. It could be it could have been. I don't remember the name of it at this yeah. point. Yeah.
4: Yeah, Birmingham, Alabama now is really cool. Yeah. It's becoming like the next Austin. Okay. There's a great film festival down there, and there's all kinds of really cool venues popping up, which is probably where you are invited to perform. Um, Stardome is like a more traditional comedy th- place, what I, I would maybe not go to, but it would I would go to a cool one. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, okay. But, uh, I'm taking it's, notes. It's becoming cool. Birmingham is becoming very hip, and, and I'm from like a little tourist trap down there called Gulf Shores.
2: Cause you you did your special on like the in this club that is the the on the border of Florida and Alabama. Yeah,
4: I'm technically in Alabama, yeah. but the audience is in Florida.
2: Oh, is that right? Yeah, <laughs> that is how. That's where the border yeah. goes through, mm-hmm. and it's called Florabama, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, w- what a strange venue.
4: Yeah, it's a really kind of classic, right? Legendary spot down there. It's been around since the '70s and. It's a weird place. It's been all kinds of... It's looked all kinds of different ways because it gets destroyed by a hurricane every 15 years. (laughs) Yeah. Which, uh... (laughs) Like
2: everything in that part of the country.
4: It's it's all wooden, you know? So they just... It gets destroyed. They rebuild it. When I was a kid, I would go there and watch my mom play and there was no roof over, like, the stage or anything. Uh Uh-huh. They put a roof over it now. But, yeah, it's a... it's
2: a wild place. Uh, well, so tell me about the kind of like development of the special in in the hour. I saw you perform at least a version of it at the satellite here in L.A.
4: Oh, yeah? Uh, oh, cool.
2: Yeah, it was a little while ago yeah. at this point.
4: I, I've been doing just these jokes for maybe four years or something. This like idea of this show called The Golden One kind of about my mom and calling me the golden one. But... It was more just a traditional hour of stand up. And then uh, I started incorporating songs that I had written into it. And uh, then it felt kind of doing that, I discovered a lot of these parallels of me and my mom's failures. Uh, you know, she was a musician who, at one point, there was like some hope that she would be this big, big thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I sort of felt like I was, had hit my peak best I'll ever do. When when I was like 26 or something, it was going just down, 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 darker, darker into this depression. So I'd, I started adding these songs and found this very depressing kind of parallel right <laughs> to our two lives. And at the same time, somebody shared with me a video of that they had found of my mom playing at the Floribama in the late 80s, early 90s. And uh, that just sort of made me even uh, more depressed and so I <laughs> decided let's let's take it to the stage yeah and uh, yeah <laughs> and I was just been doing that show the golden one for a while and then HBO and some Bo Burnham and some other folks got involved and they were like how do you want to do it we came up with this idea of going to the floor Bama to sort of honor my mom and but in order to get to the floor Bama I had to talk to my aunt and all these other people who I'd never really, I haven't really connected with in a really long time. And so we were like, let's just see if they're open to being part of this. And they were. So yeah. that's how, sorry, that was a long answer.
2: <laughs> no, I'm like, I'm very interested in it as like how you decide, like at what to, what to like work out. Cause they're all things that you're kind of, it seems like just like working out about life. Yeah. Which is true of any artist, but, like, then how do you decide what to put into, like, material? Right. I'm already so—I wish,
4: too, that I could be, like, mysterious. (laughs) I've been thinking a lot about being mysterious. The other night, I said on stage, I was just like, I'm sort of a very mysterious guy. And people laughed because of how—it's like, no, you're not, you tool. (laughs) But, uh— that's the next wave of comedy for me is, like, private and mysterious. Just mystery, yeah. yeah. Just
2: but That's I, how you do it. You drop an HBO special, <laughs> and then you just kind of recede into the smoky background.
4: Yeah. I My comedy has always just been that. I just talk openly about stuff. For the longest time, I was it's like, my mom is dead, so she's not alive to right. kind of feel hurt by it. But also, she wouldn't be. Right. She wrote music her whole life about her drug addiction and her heartbreak and her legal troubles and stuff like that so i think she would be really proud that i was openly finding comedy in those things my dad's the same way i I, who knew about my aunt uh, until i went down back home but you know it's like i make a joke about it but it's like my identity is my mother died (laughs) and i was i was excited to do it down in this venue because yeah it's not for nothing like it's all for you know my mom and her friends hoping that they can see that I turned out okay. And then when my aunt and my dad and all these people said that they would be down to also be a part of it, it was like, well, that's even better because they can humanize themselves. Yeah. To me, that's interesting, but I don't know. Also, (laughs) I really like uh, some other stupid shit.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I, I mean, I guess I imagine part of the hard thing about like talking about uh this in your comedy is then you put out a special and you do press for it and then you're like just talking about some of these traumas repeatedly yeah (laughs) which is maybe not the greatest well dude i've
4: i've discovered so many other traumas talking where i'd be like well they'll be like so you were kidnapped and i was like yeah well i wasn't all the way kidnapped and it's like that would happen to me all the time as a kid one time when i was in new york a man kept chasing me around, calling me on the phone in the hotel, saying you wanted to fuck me in the ass, <laughs> And I would mention that, which is true, and then it would derail everything and the person would just be like, Are you okay? And <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You have to stop and everyone's yeah, it does a psychological check. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's been um maybe more traumatic. <laughs> but uh,
2: I'm in therapy,
4: or, I'm deep in therapy <laughs> <laughs> um, so.
2: or yeah, you're just you're this is the like sifting through all of the you're getting the nuggets out, um yeah, to work on in therapy then, yeah, yeah, well, how long did you live in Alabama? like when did you move out of Alabama right
4: after I turned eighteen, so like I graduated high school and moved away, got it real quick, yeah. And moved to L.A. L.A. And I, this, this, you've been here. I thought L.A.'s got skateboarding, and that's what I want to do. <laughs> right. Do, so right. Right. Did that.
2: Did you grow up skateboarding?
4: Yeah, big time.
2: Okay. Um, I I know very little about a skateboarding culture besides like uh, the, the summer I played Tony Hawk on a, my PlayStation 2 maybe. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's all you need to know. That's sure a good game. <laughs> yeah, let's we can move into our our, our, our game section. This, okay. so we, we call it elaborate It is uh, some tweets where you've expressed your hatred of things uh, and I would love for you to elaborate on them. Oh, cool. <laughs> my Twitter. All right, here we go. <laughs> which is, at this point, it's really just me repeating jokes back at you, which is never, never a good thing. Especially
4: me, because I'm like talking about eating my own poop <laughs> or something like that on Twitter.
2: <laughs> you know what? That, but that is, so that is the content of a number of these hate tweets. <laughs> um, <laughs> one of which was, uh, yeah, did use the words pee pee poop. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of
4: this stuff I say when I'm like hanging out with my girlfriend, Mitra. And, yeah. And then I go,
2: should I tweet it? And she
4: goes, Ugh, okay. <laughs> so.
2: Who is also a comedian. Yeah. Um, yeah. I remember there, were, there was a, actually another show that I saw at the Bell House. I think it was her show that she did with Catherine Cohen. And Patty. Yeah. And yeah. Patty. And um, I think Catherine referred to one of you as a chuckle fucker, which is a term that I really hadn't heard before. Yeah, that's what they call Mitra. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Which is, yeah, someone who dates a comedian. Mm -hmm. uh, And, yeah, that really ruined me. (laughs) Yeah, I guess I'm a
4: chuckle fucker, too. I love it. I was, uh, years ago, um, went out on a date with a girl who said, uh, I'm sort of a chuckle fucker. (laughs) She started to list all the comedians she had had sex with, and I was like, I don't want to keep hanging out tonight.
2: No, that sounds horrible. This is weird. What am I? (laughs) Especially, yeah, when you're just, like, listing names. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so how long did you date? <laughs> uh, we have said about seven years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're married now. Yeah. Um, I hate being scammed, but I love to scam. What
4: the <laughs> hell? <laughs> That's weird. I don't know why. I, um. Do I, did I put a little emoji guy or something?
2: Uh, not, it not...
4: I don't know. I, unclear. Uh, you know, I thought I went through after before the special came out. I made sure to go through and delete all my racist and <laughs> bad jokes, but uh, I guess I forgot. I left that bad joke.
2: <laughs> it, it's fine. Uh, we'll go through. We'll go through the cache of, of uh, everything that was deleted and find the old ones. Okay. Uh, we have a, a confirmation from the control room that there was an emoji. Oh, there was. There was, there was multiple, there was a, I, okay, this is multi-level tweet, yeah. which was, I hate being scammed, sad face, space. Oh, yeah. But I love to scam.
4: I remember all these tweets now. <laughs> so it was right when the sneaky guy came out, the sneaky guy emoji. The like.
2: Oh, the side glance. And I was yeah. really
4: hyped on that guy. <laughs> and I would tweet. Little things, and everybody was people loved that little guy, and they still do. But this was when he was new. So I was I was making whole jokes based on emoji sneaky guy, right? Right. He- he. That like is The little hee hee guy, is what I say.
2: He yeah, this is like a side glance. I've only seen this emoji used in like a I want to fuck kind of way. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. But maybe that's just my my misinterpretation. I use it like
4: <laughs> maybe on the way home, you can pick up some French fries. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Sneaky. Yeah, that is probably a, a more accurate usage of yeah. it. But you know, we all we all express romance in different ways. Yeah, yeah. Um, people hate being told to hydrate when they're drunk. That one is that. I mean, it it is true. I tweeted this. <laughs> this was from twenty twelve or no no, no twenty sixteen. What in the god's hell? This is what you election
4: night. This is what you tweeted. People <laughs> no. hate being told to hydrate when. I guess they probably
2: do. Yeah, I, I I'm like weirdly sincere in that one. That is that is a I was gonna say because it, it does sound like an insult, but it's really not a joke so much as it is, just something. It, it is a truth.
4: <laughs> yeah, I one time tweeted that um, people in LA think going on a hike cancels out that you are addicted to cocaine, <laughs> and right, a guy that I met uh, when I was like twenty in LA. Um, sent me a really long message about how he's always thought that I was a dick. <laughs> and um, I remember I didn't like spending time with him because he's addicted to cocaine.
2: There you go. <laughs> I Sometimes Twitter really flushes out the, the good ones. Yeah. yeah. 2016, just ate porridge for the first time, and now I hate Goldilocks even more. Porridge is gross and Goldilocks is a bitch. <laughs> Strong opinions on both porridge and Goldilocks. Honestly. Um yeah. Man, I, I gotta you... go delete my Twitter. <laughs> you you hated a food so much that you blamed the woman. Well, on, on the story. here's why I hate her.
4: <laughs> she stole all that.
2: Yeah, also, bad food. Goldilocks is a horrible person to oh, yeah. begin with. From okay. those bears, she broke in and then, uh, yeah, she she stole ate, their terrible food and she ate their horrible food. What is the difference between porridge and like oatmeal?
4: Yeah, or, I don't like, know. I don't really remember. I think porridge has like chicken in it. I don't know.
2: <laughs> okay, it's bad. It sounds I, wrong, but well, all right. yeah, I think
4: it is totally wrong. But, uh, um, yeah, there's also bad. like
2: grits. Yeah, which is in the and then that family. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and then uh, there was a a segment I think that the AV Club does about songs that people hate. Mm-hmm. Um, and you you had some very strong opinions about a particular Maroon Five song.
4: Yeah, oh, it's it really pisses me off still. You know it sucks even more because <laughs> I kind of got to know um, a member of Maroon Five. Oh and he's no. Really nice. <laughs> But I still stand by this, if, and if I was able to, uh, if he was confronted me about it, I would say, I'm sorry, pal, I stand by this.
2: Okay, okay. Um, you know, sometimes that is the the friendly thing to do, yes yeah. to say I'm not going to lie to you. He
4: says, Adam Levine, I always want to say Adam Divine."
2: Right, uh, right, different, different Adam.
4: Uh, he says, in the song Animals, be like animals, 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 mirrors." And I hate that he doesn't just go, animals. Right. Why does he say moles, moles at the end? Have we, we gotten answers? No. I mean, he can sing very good. He right. can do that next octave down if he wanted. He, or he could go higher.
2: he go, animals. Or animals. <laughs> but he, instead he goes, moles, moles. Right, right. But it sounds like now you're close enough to Maroon Five that you could you could find out. I think Adam is probably off in a different <laughs> right, area. He he's he's probably still coaching The Voice right now. Yeah, but... totally. It's
4: just <laughs> counting his money somewhere or wearing small shirts.
2: Are they are they still make music, right?
4: I think so. Yeah. I think why wouldn't why would they stop? They get though They make those hits. They're probably addicted to making those hits. Imagine. You're sitting here with me, and you go doo, and someone hears it and goes, "Put it on the radio," and it's the number one hit, and you and you go, "I, I didn't know I had that talent." You would never want to stop.
2: Uh, you are you are really overestimating uh- my, <laughs> <laughs> my capacity for giving up. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> uh, because trust me, uh, I have and I will. <laughs> 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 um, you've also never heard me at karaoke, or I'm. Pretty decent.
4: Okay. Yeah. Oh, you know what I also hate from earlier about forty-five minutes ago. Yes. Uh, when people sing "What's Up" on karaoke.
3: <laughs> ah, yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. And people are always singing that. Find a new one.
2: Yeah. Are you? Do you karaoke?
4: Yeah. Uh, what is your go-to karaoke song? Um, I like to do uh, "Shook Me All Night Long." Okay. By ACDC, just because for the first. 30 seconds I can do the funny ACDC voice and then my voice goes out and then I kind of just right. take it easy and tell them to go to the next song. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I think the uh, the advent of the skip button at yeah. karaoke has really revolutionized the form. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, if you're all like on a stage in in one of those karaoke situations, you have to follow through. hmm Yeah. hmm Which is why I pick a number that I know I can uh, deliver on. And on that note... I feel like uh, we're there. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So before we let you go, where can people find you and your work? Well, you can watch my
4: comedy special, Whitmer Thomas, the golden one on HBO, please. They said, you know, I'm not famous. And this is important to leave this in. Yes. So they said... uh, You know, you're not famous. Usually we give uh, these specials to people who are more established, but because you're not, nobody, uh, it's difficult to get people to talk to you about uh, going to see it, so um, it's definitely going to be a word-of-mouth kind of thing. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so it's really important that if you like it to tell other people on the internet or your friends to watch it. Other than that, I'm just on Whitmer Thomas on all the social (laughs) media things.
2: Got it. Um, and thank yeah. you for having me. It really means yeah, a lot. Yeah, no, thank you. I We said this before we started recording, but like, or I also said it during the recording, but I, that I saw a version of the show. It is so good. Uh, and... Yeah, it's also one of those comedy shows where, all, at the end of it, you're, everyone is like fully sobbing in the <laughs> audience. I don't know what that is like as an experience to like look out in the crowd and see that happening. Uh, yeah, it's. I'm happy that anybody's feeling anything these right. days. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, uh, there is a, a dearth of emotion out there. Um, well, thank you so much, and congrats, and yeah, everybody should go check out the special on HBO. Thank you, dude. All right. We're almost there. We're almost at the end of the show. But first, our chasers. Chasers are the good stuff that helps all the bad stuff go down easier, starting with the TV shows we've been watching. Barry, what you've been watching.
3: I brought up the fact that Elite was coming back, but I haven't talked about it since, which is insane to me. Um, Obviously, I am watching the third season of Elite. I'm taking it slow because I love it. And also because Alex and I, watching stuff together and because he's home all the time with me (laughs) because we live together and we're both quarantined uh i we haven't been able to watch like our own shows that you know some nights maybe like he'd be out to dinner with a friend or something and i'd have time to watch a show that i watch by myself so i'm taking it slow but i fucking love this season and i'm so happy that it's back For people who don't remember, Elite is like this soapy murder mystery, teenage class clashing, just absolute drama set in a high school in Spain. Everyone on it sounds hot, looks hot. It's genuinely good and also just like just dramatic and fun. And I fucking love it. So that's what I'm watching. Have you watched it yet?
2: Uh, I have not. I want to start from the beginning. To remind myself everything that went down.
3: I'm not going to talk you out of that. So it's a great idea. I'll, I'll get to it. Please, please do. I love it and I'm so excited about it. So that's what I'm watching. What about you?
2: I have been uh, re-watching one of my faves uh, and it's a different one than the same three I usually re-watch. Uh, Arrested Development is one of those shows that I always kind of forget how much I love until I start rewatching it. And it's such a ridiculous show and I love it so much. It's all on Netflix.
3: I have been hearing no touching, no touching, no touching, no touching in my head constantly (laughs) during this time. So it does feel appropriate.
2: Good. Even though, yeah, the last season was pretty bad. Yeah. (laughs) But you know what? Whatever. And then Westworld is finally back. And I do love Westworld, even though it is so fucking confusing. I barely know what's going on. That is another show where I was like, uh, before I really dive into the current season, I want to go back to the beginning and watch uh, all of it, so I can remember what the hell is happening. <laughs> so uh, I have been rewatching Westworlds and am almost caught up, so I can start watching uh, the current season. Beautiful. Who doesn't love hot robots?
3: <laughs> well, especially since you're eating SD cards. Maybe that's why.
2: <laughs> oh God, it's all <laughs> full circle. Uh, anyway, what is your non-TV chaser?
3: So my non-TV chaser is the fact that I moved into my new apartment and the chaser is not the moving. That part sucked <laughs> in the pandemic, Yeah, but... I'm so, so happy to be in this new place. It's so bright and sunny. It's right next to Fort Green Park and it's just making being home so much more pleasant. Um, I'm really excited. I'm probably going to make you go on a virtual tour of it after this so you can see it. (laughs) Um, And yeah, that and then also I want to have one other chaser you probably share this one. Um, People's reactions to Hot Guy March Madness this year was just especially fulfilling and fun. And just like seeing everyone goof off with it and like bring that type of happiness into their quarantine lives really just it just was great. It was so fun and got a lot of messages about how listening to the show has made things feel a little more normal. And that just is crazy to me in the best way and so it really made me really happy and i'm just really glad that people are listening and and laughing and that we're able to to bring that to them
2: yeah i agree
3: what's your chaser this week
2: my chaser okay i have a couple one is incredibly nerdy so i feel like i have to follow it with something not as nerdy uh because the nerdy one is that i've been reading shakespeare
3: (laughs) oh look at you mr fancy (laughs) pants
2: i just i feel like i have i've always wanted to read more than just the ones that we like had to read in high school and college yeah the biggies and it's like besides the fact that it is nearly impossible uh and the language is like so old and i don't understand anything that's happening they are these like very like fun plotted stories that um i i enjoy all of the the murder and backstabbing (laughs) and um mistaken identities and um teens falling in love and then murdering one another (laughs) uh yeah once you get past the fact that it is uh, basically another language and it is it takes a while to read it is yeah it is it's soap opera stuff
3: have you ever gone to shakespeare in the park in central park
2: i haven't no it's so
3: fun i <laughs> i went one year with my friend dylan and i hadn't really thought about i hadn't seen shakespeare or read shakespeare in a long time at that point and we got drunk and like a little high and we were like let's go to shakespeare in the park and we went and they started talking and i was like oh i completely forgot that i can't <laughs> understand a word that they're saying and it took like like past intermission level to like a little bit get what was going on, but it was still a great time.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I think it's like... There are so many things, especially when, as I watch like 30 Rock, um, because obviously I'm also rewatching that, that is in the rotation, but there are so many things like that, that like make references to Shakespeare that I like never really understood because I hadn't read a whole lot of them. But really the, the best part is that I've been finding, um, audible versions of them. Oh, and I just listened to one of the Tempest that is with um, Ian McKellen <gasps> and Benedict Cumberbatch what? is in there. Um, and it was like so much more enjoyable. And I feel like you understand it even a little bit more because it's fucking Ian McKellen.
3: Oh, I got it. That's that's the way in.
2: Uh yeah, so that made it more enjoyable. And then my not nerdy, this is the opposite chaser is the new Dua Lipa album.
3: <laughs> and then I my teenage loves. girl self.
2: <laughs> I uh, truly have not listened to an album from like start to finish where Every song was like, I love every single one of them (laughs) on their own. Future Nostalgia is the name of the album. My favorite song is Levitating. And uh, yeah, been listening to that in between Shakespeare. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, even though it is one of those albums that is like, I I want to uh, go out and dance to every single one of them. And I'm forced to do it alone in my apartment. But come this summer or next summer <laughs> <laughs> uh i can't wait to dance with everybody else to do a that is it for this week's episode so thank you for listening to unhappy hour you can head to apple Podcasts, spotify stitcher Riviget get podcast hit that subscribe button then rate us and review us but only if it's nice i don't want to hear your shit Unhappy Hour is a production of Pineapple Street Studios. It's produced by Barry Finkel, Melissa Slaughter, and me, Matt Bellisai. Special thanks to Jenna Weiss-Berman and Max Linsky. Our music is by Hansdale Sue. You can bother Barry at Finkelberry Pie. You can worship me at Matt Bellisai. And you can follow Unhappy Hour Pod on Twitter for all the latest podcast buzz. And that's it. That's everything. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Uh, Bye-bye. Let's get physical! Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. My mom and I have had strong disagreements in the past about her choice of toilet paper because she insists on getting the one that it's like quarter ply or you can like see, you can like read a newspaper through it. (laughs)